I'm Simon King and this is What's Wrong. It's interesting to me that you don't often see on the right side of the political spectrum or social spectrum um, comedians. Comedians tend to be central to central left. That's where we kind of hove around. I think humor, uh, there's a reason for this. I and mean, I'm not saying there aren't comedians on the right. There are. But I think when talking about issues um, from the point of view of the right, it's uh, often difficult um, for people to make that funny. And I think there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, for anyone who's new to the podcast, I am a comedian. I've been a comedian for about a little over 20 years. Uh, well, quite a bit over 20 years now, unfortunately. It's a long time. I'm old. Um, and, uh, you know, I have, I have my experience. Uh, most comedians tend to lean socially left um, because most comedians behave in a manner that behooves them to be socially left. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, drugs and, you know, freedom and blah, I don't give a shit, man. Fuck the man. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that you tend to find that the majority of comedians tend to find their humor in that side. And I think there's one major reason for this. There's a couple of smaller reasons, but the major reason for this is um, humility. I think it's really hard to uh, often find people who are really hard on the right um, who are, because I think it's not a position that, that, that come across with humility. I think it's not a position that lends itself to um, as much self-evaluation and as much uh, humility as uh, I think. I think one of the reasons the right is often more successful politically than the left is because they lack the doubt um, that I think that I think we have on the left. So I think the people on the left hand, the left hand side, people on the left hand side, people on the left politically and socially um, tend to be a little more conscious of the feelings of others around them and tend to be a little more conscious of their own position and um, often more aware of their own flaws. This does not apply to the extreme left um, because fanatics live by a different set of rules than all of us. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about in general, the majority of people who are you know, left-leaning, um, central to left, tend to be much more um, uh, likely to be uh, humble or have humility, at least. And I think it's because um, the position automatically places you trying to find equality. So uh, if, you are, if you're seeking equality, you can't automatically believe yourself to be better than everybody else. I think that that's, you know, it's not, it's not that you can't have ego or self-importance, of course you can, but I think the general position being is that if you're, if everyone is equal, then it's really hard to walk around with your head in the clouds, you know what I mean? Um, and I think the other thing that's um, something that comes across with the right wing, particularly a lot of their um, social ideals, particularly the harder right, um, are, not, uh, are not positions of equality, are not positions of, um, you know, emotional connectedness, uh, you know, uh, accessibility. The right doesn't have much of a sense of humor. And one of the reasons they don't have much of a sense of humor is because they take themselves incredibly seriously. And I'm not saying that people on the left don't take themselves seriously. Of course, people on the left take themselves seriously. But what I'm saying is that the people on the left don't tend to take themselves seriously in the same way uh, that the people on the right do. And so when you see with comedy, with stand-up, with humor, um, you know, one of the ways of making... I'll give you an example. I have a friend who's a comedian, uh, used to be a comedian, who's a doctor as well. And, uh, you know, good-looking dude. Uh, you know, he was, he, was, he, was, he was, you know, having a hard time with stand-up. And one of the reasons was because he would go on stage and he would tell the audience, 
you know, I'm a doctor. And then he had these jokes about, which are very funny jokes, but he couldn't understand why they weren't working as well. And I said to him, I was like, you should tell them you used to be a doctor or that you're not a very good doctor. Because the problem is, is, is a placement uh, like that in society, doctor, uh, is a revered job in our society. Rightly or wrongly, I think rightly, but it is a revered job in our society. If you add to that the fact that you're an attractive doctor, um, that places you, whether you mean to or not, above the audience, or at least they will perceive it as, oh, you think you're better than me? And so it's very hard to come in a position of humor from there because they, people don't find the observations of people who they deem to be better than them, uh, you know, that, that funny or that connect. There's no, there's no, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, what word am I? My brain is just fried these days. Um, relatability. You know, how could this rich doctor have anything to say that's funny? You've got everything, you lucky. It's always that, right? So the best thing is to do is like, think of how different uh, things are if you find out someone you know has a lot of money or if you find out someone you know has something, you know, at an exceptional level that raises them above what you perceive yourself to be. It changes your dynamic with them, even in a, a, a very small way. Imagine that in front of an audience. Now, that's a position that's not artificially inflated. He didn't decide to make everyone feel bad. He just talked about his life and people naturally, you know, often they dis they, they, they felt, well, oh, well, this guy thinks he's better than me. Well, he doesn't think he's better than you, but on paper he looks like he's better than you. And so that's going to make you think he thinks he's better than you. And that's going to change the dynamic of the room and make it very difficult for him to be um, funny because funny has to come from a position of punching a crosser up, really. Um, the problem with the right wing is that even if you get a right-wing person up there who, you know, I live in a trailer park and I, I think this and I think this, but also, like, you know, uh, white people are the best. Like, it's like, well, that's not funny because you may not, uh, on paper, be superior, but you act as though you are superior or you say that you are superior, and that in and of itself is not funny. Superiority doesn't doesn't really work. It, there's some comics that have kind of pulled it off, people like Dennis Miller, um, you know, a little bit with George Carlin, there's a psychological superiority, but that's always intelligence, you know, which is also why you find that comedians will often say they are a lot dumber than they are. Oh, I'm just an idiot, I don't know. Well, you know what, most of the comedians I've seen that say that are not at all. In fact, comedians are some of the most intelligent people I've ever met. But you can't say that on stage. You can't be like, oh, look, me and my big old brain think this because it, it puts a line between you and the audience and it removes that humility. What they want is they want you to appear or believe you are less than them. That's just the way that is. I, I don't know particularly why. Uh, it's, it's a psychological thing where it's, I think, difficult because often you would mock the king, but you don't mock the king with the king. You know what I mean? So when you would mock the king, you would mock the king um, you know, you would all be behind his back and you'd be like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, would, you would make fun of make fun of royalty, make fun of people in power in a satirical way. But you don't do it with connection to them. That you know, if you were to laugh at what the king said or what the, what the uh, you know, duke or whoever else is in charge said, you would be doing it, um, you know, basically in a sycophantic way almost always, unless you were close friends with them. But you see, if you were close friends with them, they wouldn't have that advantage over you. And so that's, the, that's part of the issue, is that there is a perceived level of superiority, um, and then it's, it's, that makes humility is necessary 
to break down that initial wall. So the lovable loser is a time-honored character in comedy because it always works. People want to see someone who is not as good as them, or they can at least believe is not as good as them. That's why it gets harder and harder to be a, a very funny, relatable comic the more famous you get. An example of this is Louis C.K. When Louis C.K. started out, the first few specials most people saw from him were he was a schlub, you know, kind of a pot belly, middle-aged dude with a wife that hates him, you know, with a couple of kids that hate him, and he was just a loser, right? And that propelled him to massive international fame. And the first two specials, Chewed Up and Shameless, that's what he was doing. He was portraying himself as he is. But also, at that time, Louis C.K. had a career I would kill for, you know? He'd been a head writer on late night TV. He'd had HBO specials. He'd done a lot of things that I would never have done, have never done, could never do, because uh, they just don't exist anymore, a lot of those opportunities. Um, but even then, from a personal point of view, you'd be like, well, you may have some success, but your personal life is kind of garbage, so fair enough. And the problem is, is as the distance goes between where he was in, uh, you know, sort of 08, 09, whenever he kind of came out, uh, where he is when he's not even after the scandal but like when he's talking about you know being a loser and you know he's got 30 million dollars in the bank and you're like well you're not a loser you got 30 million bucks you know what I mean like there's this we're not buying that anymore we're not buying that disconnect you have to you have to your material has to grow with you and I think one of the reasons is is because when you one of the reasons he's not as funny in a lot of ways as he was is because that humility is gone that you know, the whole time you're talking about how you're a piece of shit and then you don't actually, you know, when it's proven, you don't embrace it enough or you don't, I mean, you've been given a, a golden opportunity to see, told you so, told you I was a piece of garbage, I told you. But instead, what happens is, you know, because also at that point your fan base are, like I said, they're the sycophants who laugh uh, at the king quietly with the king because the king is the king. You know, it, it, it becomes that. It's no longer... Look at this lovable loser. Look at this lovable person who is, you know, I can feel kind of, I almost root for. It comes this thing, well, ah, rich guy's got problems? Okay, bummer. And there is a level of that. So when it comes to a political or, or um, you know, social uh, behaviors, the right wing tend to come in with a superiority complex. I am the moral superior. I'm the real patriot. I am the real, you know, American, Canadian, whatever it is. I am, uh, like I said, morally correct. I am, you know, often they, they believe themselves to be racially superior. You know, I work for a living. I got a real job, blah, 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 all that. And that's not conducive to humor. It's just not conducive to humor, but it is conducive to mocking. And that's why often the villains or the fools or the idiots, and I'm guilty of this myself in my act, um, tend to be people who are most closely identified with those political leanings. Up in this guy. He talked like that because that's the way he believed because that's what his daddy said. And that's how he voted. He voted, always vote for the Republican. I don't care who the fuck, but Trump is the best. Because if I say redneck, you think that guy. Now, that's not true. There's plenty of people from the South who are incredibly intelligent, incredibly socially aware, quote-unquote woke people who, you know, but... By and large, like, like I always say, if you're going to make fun of a science fiction movie, pick Star Wars. Because 
99.9% of people have seen Star Wars. You can pick 2001 A Space Odyssey, but now you're down to 50% of people. You can pick Planet of the Apes, you're at 60%. You know what I mean? So pick the Star Wars. And the Star Wars is rednecks from the South. This guy. That's the guy that eat. That's, that's how you might find out. Now, why are those people historically to mock? One, mock because they're fools, but they're not idiots. They're not all idiots. That's not true at all. There is a lack of education there that is significant, and you can just look at the numbers for America, particularly in education, to see that they're not as educated as they... But that's, that's the system failing them. That's not them failing the system. That's not them failing, sorry, uh, themselves. That's the system failing, and they're not given access to the education they require. So one could argue that that is not their fault. And I think you would have a good argument there. So you would say, well, they're more, less intelligent because overall the intelligent quotient, the IQ might be lower there. Maybe that's true. Who knows? I, I'm not speaking to that. What I'm speaking to is what comes with that and the right-wing behaviors. I'm a patriot. Fuck you. No kneeling. Get up. Blah, 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 blah. That is not a humble position to take. That is not a place of understanding. That is not an underdog position. That is a, a, a person or persons who believe they are superior because what they believe is more right than what you believe. Now, I know that comics on the left do that, what I believe is right, exactly, you know, because I, I believe it, but it's done in a way with humility. Like, if I want to attack something, I take myself down a notch first. So I'll go after myself, and then I'll go after the thing, and then I'll go after myself, and then I'll go after the thing. So at the end of it all, it'll be an even boxing match until I hit the knockout punch. And that's when the thing I'm going after goes down. But it's been a fair fight. Even though it's not really been a fair fight because I've engineered it. But on paper, I mean, in performance, it looks like a fair fight, right? Hey, man, I'm not that smart, but I'll tell you this. Whereas if you come in and go, look, this is how smart I am. I'm so smart. I'll tell you guys. What needs. That's why when I talk to an audience, I address audiences as like, I always speak to people. Instead of saying you people, I always go, we are. Because then you're including yourself in that which you are attacking. You're including yourself. Then that shows your, your weakness. That shows your humility. I understand that I am not perfect. But I've also seen this. And other people will have seen that. But if you come in and go, I'm so much smarter than you guys. Here's the problem. The jokes may be exactly the same jokes. But the way in which you have approached it has alienated a large portion of the audience. Now... Um, I remember a little while ago, a couple of years ago on Facebook, I suggested that there should be, a, you know how there's like a, a redneck comedy tour and there's like a comedy tour for, you know, um, there's comedy for all sorts of different genres, whatever it is you want. There's hip hop comedy tours, there's redneck comedy tours, there's, uh, you know, moms of comedy, there's dads of comedy, there's blah, 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 but there's all different ways of branding comedy tours. And I suggested that maybe we should do, uh, you know, a, a comedy tour with comics that just do jokes specifically targeted, like smart person jokes, like smart smarty jokes. You know how Frasier, the show, although it wasn't that smart, was much more, you know, smart, quote-unquote, than, say, Home Improvement, which was on at the time. Okay. So what, what my idea was that we approach it in, as a marketing thing. The amount of backlash I got from comedians and, and people because they saw it as exclusionary, which it wasn't meant to be at all. It was simply meant as a marketing point of view. But the idea to be suggested that somebody might be more intelligent than someone else equals that someone is of a higher status than someone else, which eliminates the ability, unless you're dealing with an audience member or, or audience members that, or people who watch the show that understand 
where you're coming from. Like, you know, it, there's the, there's plenty of dark and dirty comedy tours. There's plenty of, you know, people getting up there and doing all the butt jokes and the shit jokes and the dick jokes and everything they want. But maybe people want puns. Well, it tends to be most people don't like, you know, that kind of joke in, in, in comedy clubs, nightclubs and stuff. And not, not in North America. In, in, not in England, but North America and stuff. So my thought was, well, why don't we just put together a tour of comics who, you know, their jokes are just more like that. Their jokes are just more geared towards you have to be really paying attention. You have to, you know, have a little bit of think going on. You have to be aware of what's happening. And that mere suggestion caused me to be vilified uh, and attacked for days on Facebook. Because instead of suggesting that comics are dumb and we're so stupid and man, I'm just an idiot, which is what people want. And that's not true. And so... Even that little suggestion to audiences, to people that were savvy, um, still didn't work. So if you take a position of now, there are right-wing comics. There are redneck comics. I'm not saying there aren't. I'm not saying there aren't comics. But they don't appeal outside of a very, very narrow base. Whereas if you can have a, you can often have, I mean, narrow in terms of like, yes, I know Larry the Cable Guy is selling a lot of tickets. But his jokes aren't particularly targeted, although some are, they're particularly targeted um, towards anybody but the redneck right-wing crowd, right? It's very specific marketing. It's, it's very, whereas, like, you know, they don't kind of get outside of their comfort zone. You know, you look at a comic like, uh, I don't know, who's a good example? Um, okay, who's a, who's a, a good, uh, a good example of a left-wing comic? Uh, a guy like, uh, I don't know, um, let's take Bill Burr, right? Bill Burr is quite a, center center left guy he's not a left-wing hardcore left-wing comic not at all but he's definitely a left center left guy he's and and one of the things he understands seems to be able to connect to really well is the underdog you know because he'll touch topics that that are often not comfortable for people on the left but he does it in a way that makes him approachable because he is approachable because he has a weakness to him even though he's saying some things that you may be like oh man that's like horrendous he has a weakness to him same with like um like a Frankie Boyle. If you're not familiar with Frankie Boyle, you really should check him out. He's, he's a brilliant comedian, Scottish comedian. And one of the things he does, he's, he's often on the attack against the right wing, often on the attack against conservatives. But one of the things he does, even though he says stuff sometimes that, that pushes buttons, even my own button sometimes, to the left, um, it's always done with a, uh, I'm not better than you, I'm just pointing out a thing. Whereas I do believe a lot of time comedy from the right often comes from the I'm better than you vibe. Um, there was a comic released a special about a year ago, uh, you know, kind of right-wing guy. And uh, it was all just uh, this generation of pussies. You're all losers. I'm the, I'm, I'm the best. This is how we used to do things. What's wrong with you? Oh, am I scaring you? Am I freaking you out? When, when they weren't. But it was just all hype. It, all, it doesn't seem genuine. And I think that's the thing. And I think it's because, like I said, ultimately, people want to laugh with you. Uh, if they can't laugh with you, they want to laugh at you. But they don't want to laugh because they're afraid of you or because they're worried about, you know what I mean? Like, they don't want to laugh because they feel extorted into it. And the position of, of arrogance on stage and lack of humility um, often will force an audience into that place. And that's why I think you don't find a lot of really good right-wing stand-up comics. Or at least people who, that's not true necessarily, you don't find a lot of 
really good comedians who espouse right-wing ideals on stage universally. Like, I'm not talking about, like, I'm a redneck. I like this. I like... Well, that's not a right-wing ideal. That's... I'm poor white trash. I'm a redneck. I'm whatever I am. A right-wing ideal is us. Here's why I don't think immigrants should come to the country. Well, okay. Now, let's see how you make that funny. And that's often very difficult, if not impossible, to make funny. Because the, the people saying it believe it. And that's the thing. If you believe the horrendous thing, uh, it comes through. Comedy is, is a very um, kind of interestingly textured thing. And, and you know, you can kind of see how audiences will... Because I, I, I'm a left-wing guy. I'm very left-wing. And a lot of my comedy is very, very left-wing. And yet I will play hardcore right-wing audiences and right-wing socially conservative audiences and 99.9% of the time it goes great. And I think one of the reasons is, is it's not, it's because I'm coming at it from an easier position because selling, I, I'm just pointing out the idiosyncrasies with, so I never, like I said, I never go, you people are dumb. I go, here's why we're all fucked. And it just turns out that the only way to fix it is by enacting more left-wing policies or more left-wing behaviors. You know, the government doesn't care about you. The banks don't care about you. Corporations don't care about you. So, you know, you need a union, whatever. And that the reasoning is easy to lay out. Whereas I think the arguments essentially on the other side are mostly flawed. And so that's why it's very difficult to lay out very easy A plus B equals C arguments for people to read. Because that you can't do it. You can't be like, I don't think immigrants should come in this country, even though I'm an immigrant even though my parents were immigrants, I think anyone else. So what you're basically saying is, you think you are special and you should be allowed in, but everyone else shouldn't. Well, that's not a place of humility. That's a place of superiority. You see what I mean? Um, I don't think you should kneel for the national anthem. I don't think you should do that because I'm a patriot. And I, well, hold on. So you're better than me because you don't, okay. So that, that immediately right there too, shuts it down. There's no way to access these arguments without appearing uh, that you believe, even if you were doing a character, you still believe yourself to be superior if it comes across that you believe what you're saying. The only way to make this comedy funny is if you are mocking that person. So if you're doing a character of someone, so if I did a Larry the Cable Guy type character and said all the right-wing things, but I would always throw the joke in at the end that it's very clear, I'm very obviously don't actually believe it. You know? Because now I'm mocking, and it's like uh, uh, Stephen Colbert, the Colbert Report. That was very obviously, I mean, Stephen Colbert, he's, you know, he's a Catholic and everything else, but he is a very liberal dude. And I think you look at a guy like that, and he's, he's coming from a place of, you know, mocking that type of hardcore right-wing Fox News type dude who actually believes that. But there's, they don't have a sense of humor. There's no joy there. You know, there's no humor. Everything they get, everything that they find funny comes purely at the expense of someone else and never at the expense of themselves. And if you cannot put yourself in a position of being, it being at the expense of you, then I think you lose the ability to connect with a crowd because you're standing outside now. You're not in the group. I don't know. I mean, that, that's just my thinking on it. I think that, that you know, because often you'll see the people who are like, why are you not any good right-wing comedians? Well, I think that if you had a You've never seen a right-wing George Carlin. You've never seen a, you know, a, a right-wing uh, uh, Richard Pryor. You've never seen that because it doesn't work. Because whatever they're saying, or at least I've never seen them, because whatever they're saying um, comes from a place of inherent 
belief that they are superior and that they are not to be mocked and that they are to be listened to and respected and blah 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 but i mean and i i find it frustrating when i watch comics talk about oh well, i'm an idiot you know i'm kind of dumb I'm like, no you're not you're not at all like it's very clear you're not you just did some mental gymnastics that blow my mind and then you're telling everyone you're dumb well that's like you know running you know a mile in four minutes and being like ah, i'm not that fast so it's like well we know you are we saw it we saw the proof so that's dangerous too so that's a false humility and false humility is also a risk a risk and i think that that's something we should push against as well um you know, I, I, I think that you see comics do it where they just will talk about, they'll, it'll be an easy way out. It's almost like a lazy, uh, it, it's it's like, what's another example of something comics do? Like, um, oh yeah, if you tell a joke that doesn't work, you go, oh, that was a new joke. You're looking for sympathy from the audience. You're looking for a way out, for an off the hook. If you say something and then you go, oh, I'm kind of a dumb guy. You're looking for an off the hook from the audience. I don't think we should be doing that either. I think we should be working around that. I'm, I'm working myself on trying not to lean into the I'm kind of a stupid dude thing because I'm I'm not a stupid dude. I mean, there's you know I'm not a, I'm not a genius by any stretch of the fucking imagination, but I'm not a stupid dude. You know, I know I'm not, and so I think that that's also disingenuous. But there, there again is the balance of that humility of understanding your position and understanding your weaknesses and your and your limitations, but also being aware of who you are and your position. Because I think it also if you acknowledge where your strengths are, it gives you the ability to to better put forth arguments, to be listened to more closely. And comedy-wise, you know, you should never hide a part of yourself. You should be honest and stretch out and be who you are. So anyway, I think that's kind of why right-wing comedy doesn't quite work as well. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I, and if you have a right-wing comic who, who not, not, not like a Foxworthy or a Bill Angle or something like I'm talking about someone who like is like a Carlin on the right. Someone who expresses opinions that I may not agree with, but I can appreciate the humor. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, I, I don't agree with what you're saying, but that's very clever or that's very funny. Or, okay, I get it. If you know of such a comedian, I'm very interested. I would love to uh, eat my words on this podcast. Please send me a letter to www.skpodcast at gmail.com. I will happily read it uh, on the air. Is it air? Digital? Waves? Whatever it is? On the, on the net? On the, the information superhighway? Um, yeah, I, I'm doing a few dates in and around Vancouver again. Like I said, you can check out my website. This is SimonKing.com. Um, but there, there's really not a lot of them. So just kind of keeping it keeping it low. Um, and uh, I will be... Um, oh, yeah, please uh, like and subscribe to the podcast and rate and review and all that good stuff and share it around if you want, please. It'd be nice to have people listening. Um, and, um, yeah, you can follow the podcast at Podcast on the Twitter. Uh, it's, um, it's an interesting time, folks. We look like we're going through another... Uh, we're getting our second wave of staying in. Uh, I don't see touring and I don't see stand-up the way it used to be happening probably at least until next year when the vaccine comes maybe we'll get back to normal um but uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride it's been a very uh a very strange year so far i hope you're keeping well i hope you've got lots to keep you busy and uh, you're not going out of your fucking brain because it can be um it can be really stressful and take care of your mental health too in this time it's uh it's a uh real easy thing to kind of just ignore if you start going down a hole 
So, um, you know, reach out, talk to people, um, make friends, you know, just uh, make friends at a distance. High five from a distance. That's all I ask. Uh, we will keep doing these. I'm having fun. I hope you're enjoying them. And, um, yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll, ch I guess, I guess that's it. I guess that's, you know what, we'll be a little bit short this week. But I don't have anything else to add. I don't feel the need to stretch this out to try and cross the finish line. I can just make this noise. Uh, no, that's, all right, that's what's wrong this week. <laughs>